Welcome back, 8 o'clock. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. 8 o'clock hour brought to you by Preston Lee at Country Financial. He believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. So it's the Preston Lee, Preston Lee Country Financial Hour. We started last hour talking about some of the more inane comments about what happened to Damar Hamlin during the Monday night game with Cincinnati and Buffalo. Hamlin, just for a quick reset, if you've not heard, and I don't know how you haven't heard, but if you haven't, Damar Hamlin, second-year safety out of pit, went to tackle Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins, tackled him on a pass play out in the flat, Mm-hmm. They both start to get up. DeMar Hamlin gets to his feet and then collapses. And then medical personnel quickly respond. His heart had stopped. They had to conduct CPR on him. They eventually take him to the hospital or he is still in critical condition, though improving. And the reports, the reports are that he's breathing more and more on his own, which are all really, really good signs. And so... The game as of right now, it's looking more and more like it's probably not going to be completed because of where we are in the season, final weekend of the regular season, playoffs start next weekend, that it's going to be tough to get this game in. Also difficult considering what the players in both teams saw, particularly the Bills, to one of their teammates on Monday night. And you've got the Bills in action this weekend when they take on New England. Cincinnati faces Baltimore. So it's going to be tough to to make the game up. And so with what happened on Monday, where we saw a lot of, a lot of wonderful things in a horrible moment, mm-hmm. the Bills and Bengals players coming together, the Bills players surrounding their teammate so medical personnel could work on him, just the caring of of people across the country who are not Bills fans or Bengals fans for DeMar Hamlin in that moment. His his toy drive, which had the modest goal of trying to raise $2,500 for kids in his hometown in Pennsylvania, now over $5.5 million because of people's generosity and concern and compassion. So with all the the positive things that happened in a very dark moment, then you have people who start commenting on what happened to DeMar Hamlin. From Joy Behar in The View saying, no kid should ever play football. They should only play golf or tennis, and that's it. They should never step on a football field. To labeling it as heterosexual males forcing their small boys to go play football. To a guy like Bart Scott, who played in the league, blaming T. Higgins for lunging himself at DeMar Hamlin and that he was responsible for why Hamlin's heart stopped. Just absolute, ignorant, stupid things people are saying right now about this. It has, though, led to a a national conversation about, about football and about whether kids should play football. But here's 
Here's the thing that we talked about a little bit last hour. I don't want to go back over the same stuff again. We'll mm-hmm. we'll hit it in a in a quick nutshell here. That if you were on the fence about your kid playing football, wouldn't it have been about Tua Tonga Viola going through what he's gone through? Or what's happened in years past? Wouldn't that be the thing that makes you go, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if football's for my kid. Maybe I'll wait till he's older. Maybe that's what I should do. Wait till they're older. Brains are more fully formed. Maybe that's what I'll do. Whatever the decision is, play, don't play, wait to play, whatever, you think that would have been the stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And for some parents, it probably has played a role in it. But what happened on Monday night was a freak, freak thing that, that seldom happens and and uh, Mark Johnson, who was with us last hour, referenced Chuck Hughes, who played for the Lions and died in 71. Yeah. And I, I remember, was that the reason he died? Was his heart stopped? Um, I, I'm not sure what the... Uh, I don't remember exactly what he passed away from. But we referenced this. The number of kids over the years, it's, it's not been like ec- epidemic numbers, but... I mean, one kid dies, it's one too many. But kids that have died from taking a line drive to the chest, playing Little League Baseball or playing club baseball, not just Little League Baseball exclusively. And I remember when, when my son was playing that, I, you know, we wanted to give him the heart guard because some of those things had happened when he was playing back in the 90s. So heart disease, arteriosclerosis for Hughes. Okay. So not the same thing that happened to Demora Hamlin, which his heart took a sudden shot mm-hmm. and was stopped and had to be restarted. So, but a, but a heart condition for Chuck yeah. Hughes. And, and and so, my thought is this, that number one, what you do with your kid, if you make that decision and you do it as a couple, I'm perfectly fine with what you decide to do. That's your child. Hopefully you've You've done some reading, you've you've gone to games, you've kind of watched how how for example the local Grand Valley Youth Football how they how they do what they do, and you feel comfortable with your child playing. There's a, an informed decision on this. To me, what happened Monday night is a freak accident. You can't as as awful and horrible as it is. Would you not? classify it as that a freak accident yeah a, a, a an anomaly something that doesn't normally happen in an nfl game or sporting event you, it, you, i mean when's the last time you heard about yeah pronger in the nhl mm-hmm. but it's not like it's once again it's not this epidemic thing that happens every year we have somebody who gets, takes a shot to the chest their heart stops and they nearly die on the field it hasn't happened before right and so if it, if it happens once, isn't that an outlier? Last time I checked, that's an outlier. That's that's not a norm. Yeah, and I, the only thing that really comes close to it for me was Thomas Harrion, the 49ers lineman kid who collapsed in the visiting locker room and died in Denver after yeah. a preseason game. Or Corey Stringer. 
who died in the field practicing, but it was heat exertion. Right. But that, that, that took his life, but it that's still only and Demar Hamlin is still with us, thankfully. Those are the only ones that I really remember in my lifetime of NFL athletes. Dennis Bird paralyzed, mm-hmm. died later. Didn't we reference him the other day that he didn't he die in a car accident? Maybe. Yeah. But and, but he didn't and die then in the field. Other players that die, right? Like Dwayne Haskins. We I remember talking and it's baseball, but Jose Fernandez, stuff like that. But accidents. Accidents, but it's still rare when an active athlete passes away in the middle of his career let alone on the field of play whatever sport it happens to be and so mark kisler wrote a piece for the post today about deshaun williams broncos defensive lineman a guy that's the the epitome of football playing professional football was his goal in his life i cut multiple times kept plugging away and now has you know found a spot with the Broncos, where he makes one point one six five million to play professional football. Kizla talked with him, and uh, Deshaun Williams has a son, Titan, who's about ten months old. And Williams told Kizla, "I'll tell you what, my son's not playing football." And he referenced what happened on Monday night. That his wife had a panic attack and cried. And there was nothing, really nothing I could say because I can't be like, baby, I'm going to try not to get hurt. We know injuries happen when you're playing a violent sport. I think everybody here can say we never saw anything like that. I don't know how to feel. I feel like I'm numb to the situation. I hate it had to be him. I understand all those 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 feelings from Deshaun Williams. I do. I He is there playing. He knows what what's going on, and to say I've never seen that before, mm-hmm. because he's right. Because we haven't seen this happen in an NFL game before. Player gets hit like that, stands up, collapses, and has to have CPR on the field to save his life. But like you were saying, I well, you you talk about the Williams, what you said about Deshaun Williams, and about his son not playing. You said this last hour. Yeah, I just. At what part of this becomes do as I say, not as I do? Which, I don't have kids, but I can understand, being a child once, how that really kind of sucks when you see the parents doing something and you've been told explicitly you can't do that. It's like, well, this is stupid. Then why are you doing it? If I'm not allowed to do it, shouldn't you lead by example instead of do as I say, not as I do? If football's too violent for your son, isn't it too violent for you? Yeah. And and Williams wanted to say, you know, he, he wants him to do basketball or track or something else. He said if he if he love it, cool. But I'm not putting him out there. I can't see my baby get hit. Don't tell nah. this dude about Hank Gathers. I, I can't do that. Once he wants get- his kid to play basketball, don't tell him about Hank Gathers or um the Celtics player who passed away and died. Oh, Reggie Williams? Uh, Not Reggie maybe. Williams. Um, oh, gosh. He died from drug. Reggie Lewis. Reggie Lewis. Yeah, Reggie Lewis. Back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. 
uh, what first round pick uh, back ninety three. I'm sorry, it was when he died. It's ninety three. Okay, I don't ninety three. Mm-hmm. But he was first round draft pick, right? I believe so. He had a structural heart defect. But they felt though twenty second overall. What happened was that he was doing drugs, and that exacerbated mm-hmm. his heart condition. At least that's what what the story, at least from my recollection, was. But we don't know what sort of predisposition. I'm not saying it was drugs, but he could have some sort of defect. Demar Hamlin could, and Absolutely. this is for for Williams. That like, don't tell him about Reggie Lewis. Don't tell him about any other. You know, don't tell him about Ray Chapman if he wants to play baseball, even though that was over a hundred years ago, because he died on the field too. Like, I mean, you, I get, I understand how you could want to protect your child, but are you only going to have him in a car in school zones where people are going twenty miles an hour? Yeah, I, I just think there comes a point where you got to let I, people I, do live their lives. I understand he's exactly. a ten-month-old kid; he doesn't have a life to live just yet. But at some point. He's going to want to do something. And that's when you make the decision. Absolutely. And, and there needs to be some, some ability here to determine, number one, you're the, you're the parents whether or not you want your kid to play. And evaluate that and make that decision. Mm-hmm. But it shouldn't be based on what happened Monday night. Because that, as we've we talked about in the program already this morning, we've seen this happen to kids playing Little League Baseball before. Line drive to the chest, stops their heart, and children have died from it. A kid back in 2002 playing Little League Baseball got struck in the chest and died from it. 2006, another player, he he was hit in the chest and ended up in a coma because of the same thing that happened to Damar Hamlin on Monday night. And so this is something that, once again, this is not the norm. Mm-hmm. This is out of the ordinary. NBA players did not stop getting fast cars after Malik Seeley. Absolutely. They didn't stop driving themselves after Drazen Petrovic. Yeah. I mean, I'll say if Len, you're going to do it, go all Len, in. Len Bias was the name. Yeah, Len Bias. That was, that was drugs, too, right? That was, that was thinking, I was thinking of Len Bias. Mm-hmm. Was the one that that he died from the? I more remember. He had he Reggie had the heart Lewis. he had the heart condition. Mm-hmm. Lynn Bias was with the Celtics. That's the one I was thinking of from the eighties. That was where I was going with that. Was Lynn Bias mm-hmm. died in eighty six, and he he died, you know, after his uh, a heart uh, arrhythmia induced by a cocaine overdose, and so that was the Lynn Bias story. Which, which I don't know if he had previous cardiac issues or not, mm-hmm. but that's certainly what you know doing cocaine and obviously made that happen and, and led to his death. Reggie Lewis wasn't in the season, wasn't even during a game. It was, it was off season. It was practice, but still, I mean that that doesn't usually happen. People don't just fall over dead. Bias was the second overall pick in '86. And, and died from that. Appreciate uh, Paul and others who sent that in. To, sometimes we have to have a little jogging of our memory. Yeah. And it just... People didn't stop racing cars when Dale Earnhardt Sr. 
crashed and died at Daytona. You know. Yeah. Like, they raced the next week. Because that's part of the deal. Now, part of the deal is not your heart stops, you fall over, you die. In football, that's not part of the deal. I understand that. But, like, to make that such a definitive statement, my son's never going to play football. Well, this is not... This isn't really a football injury. This could have happened any sort, any number of different ways. You know, getting tackled violently, resulting in a concussion where you're never the same afterwards, that can be football specific. Very true. I just, yeah, I don't. Yeah, Dustin talks about guys that have died bull riding. Yeah. So, so nobody should ride bulls anymore. Nobody should. Nobody should. You know, ride motorcycles. Race cars, play hockey. I, I I just if you like he if says, you if you want to base if you want to base it on what's happened in terms of of, of head injuries and brain trauma and why you don't want your kid to play. Okay, though I I've, like I've said er, earlier, because of helmet technology, things that we know now and dealing with concussions, football's never been safer to play right. than it is now. Not that it, not that it's a completely safe sport. It's not. It's still a a sport. It's that's dangerous. You can get hurt doing. Like a lot of other things. But like Dustin says, freak accidents happen. Yes. The joy of stepping on the field is greater than the risk. 100% agree. Because bull, it's bull riding specifically, like he mentions. Would that be an amazing experience and something to do once? Absolutely. For me, is the want for that experience greater than the risk? No. You know, I do not want to be trampled by an extremely large, mad bull. Right. That I'm on his back because I'm also extremely large. But for, if there are guys my, that love doing it, yeah, I have no problem with that. You go do it. If you Absolutely. Feel like, if you feel like you want your kid to start out doing mutton busting and then graduate up mm-hmm. to, to larger livestock, then okay. That then that that's a decision you make with you know, with your significant other and your kid about okay. Here are the risks. Yeah. Do we feel comfortable having you know, you doing this? And do you how bad do you want to do this? And and that is riskier than football bull riding is because well yeah it's, it's a wild <laughs> animal you know there are wild people but they don't have you know horns you might get gored but with the rounded edge yeah. rounded top of a helmet that's about it but it's part being hurt at some of these things is a risk you take. You know, it's it's that's part of the deal. I know that from my own personal experience and riding motorcycles and and there are people that said, are you ever going to ride again after my mishap? And I'm like, yeah. And, and I did a few months later when I healed up and I did because I love doing that. I I thoroughly enjoy doing that. But if you want to tie the Williams of the world with the Bayhars of the world, you know what? Is he saying he's tougher than his kid will ever be because he can play football and his kid can't? It's facetious, how, but I mean, there's somebody out there that's thinking it. How about? I know it's a dangerous game. What happened Monday night was scary. I'm not going to say my kid's never going to play. We'll have that conversation when that time comes, and we'll we'll approach it from that standpoint, as opposed to the automatic never going to play. Very quickly, uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame finalists for the, this year's class of 2023: Jared Allen. 
former Vikings, Chiefs, Bears, Carolina Panthers defensive end, Willie Anderson, offensive tackle for the Ravens and Bengals, Rondé Barber, Tiki's brother, longtime corner safety with the Bucks, Dwight Freeney, Colts, Chargers, Cardinals, Falcons, Seahawks, and Lions, uh, a really good edge rusher for the Colts back in the day, Devin Hester, the uh, former Bears, Falcons, and Ravens uh, kick returner, uh, known better for being a, a Chicago Bear. Torrey Holt, part of the greatest show on turf with the Rams and then wrapped up his career in Jacksonville as a wide receiver. Andre Johnson. Before there was DK Metcalf, Andre Johnson was kind of that guy, right? Big, physical receiver, mm-hmm. specimen for the Houston Texans. Played for the Colts and the Titans as well. A uh, really talented cornerback in Albert Lewis with the Chiefs and the uh, the Raiders back in the, the 80s into the, the late 90s. Darrell Revis, at one point, he was the best corner in football with the Revis Jets. Revis Island. Revis Island. Jets, Bucks, Patriots. Jets twice, actually, then Kansas City. Your guy, Joe Thomas, one of the finest offensive tackles to ever play the game with the Cleveland Browns. Former Dolphins and Cowboys linebacker, Zach Thomas. Demarcus Ware, who obviously his Hall of Fame candidacy comes from the work he did the nine years with the Cowboys, but... Doesn't hurt to sweeten that resume with a Super Bowl 51 with the Broncos. Is he in the Ring of Honor? He is not. I wouldn't be surprised. And as much as I like DeMarcus Ware, and he does have a Super Bowl ring and John Lynch doesn't, I, I'd feel the same way about DeMarcus Ware that I feel about Lynch. Eh, put him in. Didn't be, wasn't there long enough. Jerry Rice. But at least in Ware, I'll say, okay, he's got a ring, so mm, it makes it a little... Neil Smith. A put little, them all in. A little more, in my opinion, leaning toward him being in. I still don't think he should be in. Put his name over John Lynch's. Reggie Wayne. Fantastic receiver for a PFM and the Colts. Patrick Willis, great linebacker for the Niners. And then Darren Woodson, the safety for the Cowboys. So um, those are your, your finalists this year for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. February 9th is when the final uh, tally comes out. All right, 822. Our uh, Broncos report with Mike Rice coming up in just a few minutes. Brought to you by Gallagher's Flooring, Modern Classic Motors. We've got uh, Jonathan from uh, Grand Junction Parks and Rec with us. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. How are you? Doing fine. So what's uh, going on with Parks and Recs? We're, we're out of the holiday season now, Jonathan. Into springs quickly approaching. Got lots of uh, winter stuff still going on, though, with uh, GJ Parks and Rec. That's right. Happy New Year. Uh, we're off to a great start here. Uh, first, I want to mention that we're asking for our your input on the urban forest management plan we have a quick 10-minute survey out there uh, go ahead and visit gjpr.org um, and this is asking for your priorities concerns knowledge about grand junctions tree management and your input on that we are arts and com- arts and cultural grant cycle for 2023 is open now that'll close february 1st so any nonprofit out there that's looking to put on an event or host a program related to arts and culture go ahead and stop by gjarts.org and fill out that grant application uh, it's an entry-level grant so don't be concerned that it's a grant and you have to fill out all these paperwork okay. we really streamlined it for these um, organizations to kind of meet their needs and get get money to them and then last but not least, we have our, as you mentioned, our winter spring activity guide was mailed out to all residents. You should have received that in the mail already. If you haven't, it's on its way. Or you can stop by at 1340 Gunnison Ave, pick one up from our admin office. But to highlight a few things going on in that guide, we have 
line dancing classes at the barn starting January 9th. If you're more of a sports fan, like your listeners, we have Bookcliff Activity Center stop by on Sundays 1 to 4, 5.30 to 8.30 on Tuesdays for some pickup basketball, volleyball, table tennis, our younger athletes, so for your kids out there. Volleyball, volleyball classes, volleyball registrations open until January 20th. And it's not too late to sign your kids up for boys youth basketball. We have a very limited number of spots left. The registration online is closed, but give us a call at 970-254-3866, and we'll get you taken care of on there. All right. Of course, they can always, Jonathan, go to the website, too, and get information. That's right. Yeah, go to uh, gjpr.org, and that'll bring you to our Parks and Rec website where you can navigate your way through all of our activities, programs, listings, as well as the arts and cultural. All right. Lots of things going on basketball coming up for the kids and uh, lots of uh, winter and then of course into spring activities with grand junction parks and rec jonathan i appreciate it thank you for stopping by today thank you for having me all right that's jonathan from grand junction parks and rec mike rice joins us next our brockers report on the team sports network i'm a big sports addict i like sports 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 this is the jim davis show on the team 101 fm 1340 a.m grand junction 102.1 fm delta montrose Time to get in the huddle with the Broncos Radio Network's Mike Rice on the team. And our Broncos report with Mike Rice brought to you by Modern Classic Motors and Gallagher's Flooring. With us right now on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, Mike Rice, 850-KOA. Good morning, Mike. Jim, good morning to you, sir. The Broncos uh, going through their preparations to wrap up the season against the Chargers on Sunday, and certainly like like I think almost all the teams in the NFL doing with heavy hearts after what happened to DeMar Hamlin in that Monday night game with the Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. We continue to, to think good thoughts and, and pray for the recovery for DeMar Hamlin. But uh, Jerry Rosberg talked about it yesterday, that DeMar Mathis was DeMar Hamlin's teammate at Pitt. And while uh, DeMar didn't feel comfortable talking to the media himself, I, I like the fact that Jerry Rosberg relayed some of uh, DeMar Mathis' stories about, uh, about Hamlin to his Broncos teammates about just uh, what, what a good guy that, uh, that Hamlin is. Yeah, there's no question, Jim. I mean, there's I, – I, I mean, I, what do you say, right? I thought Justin Simmons really put it well and Jerry Rossberg and Russell Wilson, a lot of the guys who spoke. I mean, there's so much perspective that goes on. There's so much more. Football becomes completely secondary, as it does for any of us when a tragedy strikes in our lives. And, I mean, to hear, you know, the story of, of – uh, DeMar's father uh, on a Zoom call with Bill's players and coaches yesterday and, and how that was needed by the players to hear his perspective. And, I mean, you're kind of at a loss for words, right? I mean, I know we're talking about it, and I know uh, it's something everybody's thinking about, but it's just it just breaks your heart to see something like that happen, doesn't it? I mean, and, and then obviously all the guys are so aware of it and so aware of the human element behind um, the fact that it was a football player, right? This was a person. This was a, a young man with so much life ahead of him and, and hopefully still does have that, obviously. Um, but, you know, things change so quickly or can change so quickly. It's just, it just breaks your heart. I don't know what else to say. Absolutely. Mike Rice, 850-KOA Broncos Radio Network with us. And I think that, you know, all of us that uh, saw what transpired on Monday night, you know, were, were certainly shaken by that, particularly with the, you know, the concern for DeMar Hamlin, but also the, the reaction by both the Bengals and the Bills, particularly the Bills players. 
and those working the game, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, and, and Scott Van Pelt for ESPN, that their their reactions as well were, were very human and and certainly very emotional. But but now we've had a couple of days removed from from the, the situation with with Hamlin and and what happened Monday night. You have the overreaction, or just to me, Mike, just the the ridiculous comments of I've referenced. Joy Behar in the view that you know that kids should never play football; they should only play tennis or golf. And and then you have Bart Scott with well, it's T Higgins' fault because T Higgins lowered his shoulder and and hit uh, Demar Hamlin in the chest, and he shouldn't have done that, which was just an ab- just normal football play. I, I get it where people, if particularly your kids, you want to evaluate whether you want your kids to play football. Understand that it goes back to when when you and I were little kids because my my yeah. mom, hey, you're going to break your leg or something like that, and and there was you know concern about that, and I I get that, but this to me is is different than being concerned about brain trauma, things of that nature. This was an outlier. This is something that's happened to kids playing club and little league baseball where they've taken a line drive in the chest. This is a this is a unique thing, not something specific to playing football. This is a different thing, and I think some people are blowing this way out of proportion in terms of, oh, this is a problem with football, and this is why kids shouldn't play football because this one thing happened. Yeah, you know, there's so much to unpack, right? I mean, there's because, number one, and I keep reminding myself of this, Jim, we we don't yet know what happened to him. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's been no diagnosis. There's There's been a lot of speculation, which is just unavoidable, uh, and, and a lot of opinions surrounding that speculation, also unavoidable, not necessarily right or fair, but unavoidable, because that's just the society we live in. And, and to fight that battle, to me, is just pointless, because you're not going to win it. Right. People are going to speculate. People are going to have opinions based on what they think happened or could have happened or should happen from here. So that's the first thing I keep reminding myself. Medically, we don't know what happened to him. We, we may never know. We may know. We may. Not, I, I don't know. But all, all I know is, is we're talking here this morning. We really don't know. Uh, and And then from that, I think once we know, then it's like, okay, then I think it's, it's a little bit more responsible to say, what does that mean moving forward? Do there need to be additional safety precautions for players? Does that mean anything for kids in the sport? Well, we know that there's risks playing football. There's head trauma risks. There's just bodily injury risks. Um, that there's all kinds of stuff like that. Any parent who isn't aware of that, to me, just has their head in the sand. So I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I am just, I'm just trying to report, you know, certainly in my role sure. here, what's happened, what guys are saying, and then once we know more concrete information and have more facts, then we can sort of go down the road of, okay, what does that mean as far as opinions based on all of these things moving forward? Absolutely. I, I agree. Mike Rice, 850 KOA Broncos Radio Network with us. Uh, uh, we, we talked about how uh, the Broncos played so much better, uh, particularly on the offensive side against Kansas City and that, uh, that loss on Sunday. Uh, to the Chiefs, with Jerry Rosberg, it just seems like the team, as we mentioned on Tuesday, just the, the penalties, they cut down on the penalties, the offense w- was, was much crisper and, and, and just looked much better uh, in that game against Kansas City. That Not that Jerry Rosberg is going to be the head coach of this team. He's not going forward. But should should not somehow, some way, whoever comes in to be the head coach of this team, 
find a way for Rosberg to still be part of the staff because he just seems to me he's, he's the adult in the room. He's 67 years old. He's been there, seen that, and he just seems like a guy that provides such a a grounded perspective of what you know what needs to be done, what needs to be fixed, and would be a great asset to whoever comes in to be the head coach. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think if he wants that, right? We don't know because he was hired after the season started, and I don't know if that was because he was fine being you know kind of retired or if he couldn't find another job. I honestly don't know. Uh, why he was brought on after the season started. But I do know that if he wants to stay on, and especially if it's Jim Harbaugh, right? I just speculated on this on, on React after the game. If it's Jim Harbaugh and Jerry Rosberg has, you know, a longstanding relationship with John Harbaugh from Rosberg's days in Baltimore on John Harbaugh's staff, you know, maybe John Harbaugh says to, says to hey, bro, you know, find a place for Jerry. But we also know that most coaches have their guys, right? Yeah, and it's and true. If you're talking about, yeah, if you, you're talking about a special teams coordinator, I think Jerry Rosberg would be more than competent to do a, a, a fine job for the Broncos. But the, the new coach of the Broncos likely would have at least one or two people in mind for that. So I would love to see them find a spot, the new coach find a spot for Jerry Rosberg because he has brought a professionalism, a decorum, if you will, a uh, just a, a whole sense of doing things the right way and it's been quite honestly a little bit refreshing right after what we saw through the first you know 14 15 games of the season sunday as it usually is in most games the war is one up front in in on the offensive and defensive lines broncos have allowed 61 sacks 63 is the franchise worst so the offensive line has that challenge trying to protect russell wilson against a really good chargers front with uh, Bosa and Mack. And then you have the Broncos have, have got to put pressure on Justin Herbert. Over the last 12 games, the Broncos were held without a sack. They went 1-11. They've got to find a way to put some pressure on Herbert coming up on Sunday. I agree, and that's assuming that Justin Herbert plays, right? I, I don't know. I, I haven't heard out of L.A. if he's going to play. I mean, the Chargers are in the playoffs already. So, you know, but now with the possibility of the Bills-Bengals game potentially being finished in Week 19 and then the playoffs being moved back, would that affect teams that have already clinched and what guys play and what guys don't play? And again, if the Chargers have already announced that, I've missed it this week. There's just been a ton going on. But you're right. I mean, the point you make is absolutely well taken. Uh, The Broncos' pass rush has been a little bit spotty. They're they're down a couple guys we know with Draymond and DJ Jones uh, you know, a couple guys that they've really relied on up front. So, of course, you're probably not going to be as good. Uh, but I, I, I think, Jim, the bigger point, and I know you would agree with this, just find a way to win the game. It, yeah. it, it'll, it, it doesn't mean anything in terms of the, the changes that will or won't be made. All of that is all that, – that die has been cast. They're going to make wholesale changes. But, but as an organization, close out with a smile. Close out with just, all right, we got that win. Now let's just bounce into the off season and really roll up our sleeves and and get to work of getting more of these W's because that that's what they have to focus on. Yeah, with the odds or any indication of what's going to happen, the line initially was the Chargers were a three point favorite, and then yesterday that line moved to Denver as a two and a half point favorite. So that kind of maybe speaks to yeah Brandon Staley saying okay. Justin Herbert, you're going to have the weekend off to get ready for the playoffs. 
and Chase Daniel could be the guy that starts against the Broncos coming up on Sunday. So we'll have to see what happens there. But uh, you're right. I think the the number one goal is to to finish with a win. Broncos have never had a a 13 loss team in a season, but now that we have 17 games. That gives that opportunity to be there. They're trying to avoid that coming up on Sunday. And uh, Mike will have countdown to kickoff. And, of course, Broncos react after the game. And then uh, Dave Logan, Rick Lewis, Susie Wurgen from Empower Field to Mile High. Broncos and Chargers countdown to kickoff starts at noon. 225 kickoff Broncos and the Chargers coming up on Sunday to wrap up the regular season. Mike, outstanding work as always throughout the season. Of course, don't forget Mike's report today. Uh, brought to you by Jerry's Pest Control and Com West coming up at 420. But, uh, Mike, I'm sure we'll be talking to you over the next uh, several weeks and months. But uh, appreciate the, the great work you've done throughout the course of the season, going all the way back to when training camp started in <laughs> August. That is crazy, huh? No, it, it's so great to be with you guys. Uh, love love the show, Jim. And, um, you know, not to get too sentimental, but the friendship over the years has been awesome. Buckeye, just tremendous as well. And, and you know, I, I just can't, you know, I, I can't go without thanking your listeners because you know how much I love – the Western Slope, love the Grand Valley, love your part of the state, and you guys do radio the right way, and, and your listeners know it. So thanks to you guys for, for letting me share the season with you. Well, Mike, right back at you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Appreciate our friendship as well. And uh, let's hope that uh, the Broncos can finish off on a high note coming up on Sunday. That'd be nice. Thanks, right, Jim. Thanks. We'll talk soon. All right, take care. Mike Rice, 850 KOA, Broncos Radio Network. Mike does a sensational job. Always appreciate uh, him coming on the program. All right, 839 and coming up, we'll have four down territory. Also got some sound from Jerry Rossberg from, from yesterday as well. And uh, right now, it's time to play the Piles' favorite game on a Thursday, which is... Yes, up for grabs today, as always, on a Thursday, is the delicious case of New Belgium, courtesy of our friends at High Country Beverage. Yesterday, January the 4th, was my birthday. I have the most rushing touchdowns of anyone born on that day. I played my 100th career NFL game last month. And I have a regal nickname. Who is it? First correct answer on the Chick-fil-A text line, 970-242-1340, gets the delicious case of Coors Original. If you've won any time in the last two weeks, sit it out. If you are not old enough to consume alcohol legally, also sit it out. Don't play the game. Simple as that. All right, text in right now, 970-242-1340. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy, 840. And this hour, it's the Preston Lee Country Financial Hour. He believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. We'll take a break, and we'll come back. Four Down Territory coming up on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Yeah, I think they're like the best on the radio. At least at the pro level, the best of the best. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back, 844. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. You haven't played Whitesnake in a while. Good job, man. Thanks. Little, yeah. Well, classic slide it in. Yep. Great album. Great album. I don't know people give ACDC a lot of grief, me being one of them, about how they only sing about three things, rock and loving and well. rocking and loving. <laughs> White Snake really only sings about one thing. Yeah, they, they pretty, yeah, David Coverdale pretty much leans into one topic. Yes, he does. Yes, he and does. And it's not rocking. <laughs> no. It's loving. 
Sweet loving down by the fire. Yep. As Chef used to say on South Park. All right. So text or call us 970-242-1340. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy. Uh, do we have a winner yet? Um, I don't know. Let me look. Okay. Take a look there and see. Um, we have a winner. We're going to need a name. Let me text this person back. Okay. So we'll hold off on celebrating that winner this morning. We'll do that coming up in just a moment. So let's see. Um, got one from Larry from Clifton, which we didn't get to yesterday. Khakis, Jim Harbaugh, maybe coming to Denver. Please, no, I think he would. Please, no, I don't think he would do good here. I want, I want an old school coach that holds every single single player accountable and gives no one player special treatment. We'll dive into this next hour about. Why Jim Harbaugh and Russell Wilson might actually be a really good marriage between those two individuals. Because Harbaugh's had experience dealing with, with, with quarterback that's that's mm-hmm. and this year with, with Russ, a little bit of injury history. Aim dating back to last year. Damn they love their cliches too. Yes, they do. And so uh we'll we'll dive into that next hour. But uh that was a little leftover yesterday from from Larry. So let's go ahead and get into four down territory. We're into four down territory on the Jim Davis show on the team. All right. First down latest on Demar Hamlin doctors at the university of Cincinnati medical center say Hamlin has shown remarkable improvement over the last 24 hours. The defensive back is still considered to be in critical condition, but has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact, which is wonderful news. And Hamlin's agency also issued a statement saying the 24-year-old made substantial improvement overnight last night into today. According to Ian Rappaport of NFL Media, Hamlin opened his eyes yesterday and has been responsive. So those are wonderful, wonderful signs for Damar Hamlin. All right, second down. Remember we talked about Bobby Petrino being part of the UNLV coaching staff coming to the Mountain West Conference, right? Well, that didn't last very long because Bobby Petrino... Yeah is now going to be Texas A&M's new offensive coordinator. This from ESPN. The plan is for Petrino to take over the play-calling duties. Jimbo Fisher has called offensive plays throughout his first five seasons at Texas A&M. He also called plays during his time at Florida State, where they won a national championship. The change is pretty substantial. A&M averaged just 22.8 points per game this year, which ranked them 102nd in the nation. Aggies finished 5-7, and seven, and there's a lot of talk that, that Fisher might get fired. Didn't happen. Petrino was at FCS Missouri State for the past three seasons. He led them to the playoffs in his first two seasons and went five and six this year. Of course, he was at uh, Louisville 2014 to 2018. That was his second stint as a Cardinals coach. He was also Western Kentucky. Arkansas, where he had the infamous motorcycle accident. Oh, yeah, yeah. With somebody that wasn't Mrs. Petrino on the motorcycle. And, of course, another infamous moment, leaving the Falcons in season. So Bobby Petrino, not going to UNLV, but instead he'll be in the SEC with Texas A&M. Yeah, moving on to third down, uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr. for the uh, Warriors, PBJ, right? Had his first peanut butter and jelly at the age of 20 years old. What? Yeah, we're going to Twitter for this one. What? Oh, hold on. PBJ sandwich. <laughs> um, okay. 
So I, I just had my first one the other day. Your first one the other day? First one the other day. Ever? Huh? Ever. Yeah, ever. Okay, then. Huh? All right. How does that happen? I don't know. It's it's peanut butter and jelly. How do you not yeah. have one at any point in your childhood? I don't know. It's I'm still taken aback, and I found that last. I'm week. I'm. Do you love a good PB and J? Yes. Got to have milk though, right? Got to have a glass of milk with it. I have to. No, see, for me, it's weird. I potato chips taste so much better after a PB and J. I can't put my finger on why, but I gotta have a handful of potato chips with it. See, and I just. No, 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 not I just for me. No, 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 no on the potato chips for the PB and J. No, milk. What are you for? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> like me a nice cold glass of milk with a PB and J. Nice two percent. You know, skim. Come on. No way. Don't give me any of that skim. Business. Skim, skim. Blue label. Skim, or bust. skim. <laughs> Blue label or bust. Uh, okay. Chunky or creamy? Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm not. I, I prefer chunky, but I'll. I'll I'm not going to turn it down if it's. I'm creamy. not going to turn. No. 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 Way. Absolutely not. Creamy, no. much easier to maneuver on a piece of bread. True. Crun- if you're going to toast it first, crunchy will work just fine. And see, and I, I, I cannot have a toasted PB and J. No, I, I get the soft. I got yeah, the softness no. of the bread. I'm all right with it. Anyway, yeah. fourth down before we run out of time. <laughs> Uh, Jalen Hurts is still Jalen Hurts. Um, he's hurted. He may not play this Sunday. But last week, Nick Sirianni was asked about, uh, you know, whether he would be playing. And he says he heals fast and his body's not like ours. And he won't put a timetable on anybody. And now we go back to Twitter. Uh, two weeks ago, a reporter asked Sirianni uh, more on the heels fast business and this is what nick sirianni had to say if you and him went up and you guys shot baskets together he'd whoop you if you guys went out and you guys ra- oh and we got the spinning wheel of death if you guys went out and uh let's see tried to throw the football so he was to throw it more accurate or further he'd whoop you and so his body heals faster than yours so jalen hurts can kick all sorts of ass and his body heals faster than he's yours. a terminator he, he's unstoppable thank you nick sirianni all right, a couple of Broncos things to get to before we wrap up the hour. That um, the Broncos have now placed 26 players in injured reserve this season. Second highest total in the league. Tennessee has 34 on IR. Broncos have lost nine one-score games this season, including five that were decided by just a field goal. According to Pro Football Reference, Denver is close to, well, a historic moment in NFL history. The NFL's had a team finish a season with nine one-score losses 17 times. No team has ever finished with 10. If the Broncos lose to the Chargers by eight or fewer points on Sunday, congratulations, Denver, the first team in league history to lose 10 one-score yeah. games. That could happen. Yesterday, Jerry Rosberg, Broncos interim coach, spoke with the media. Rosberg talked about the DeMar Hamlet situation, how the Broncos have been responding to that. I think I addressed that, that how much these players respect this game and how much they enjoy this game and love this game. And uh, they accept that. Uh, I, I suspect they're also contemplating, like we all are, its place in the value structure. I mean, it's real. 
I think, as I said previously, and I don't want to go back and reiterate, but they can recognize all that, and, and I do, and I'm, I'm sure you all do the same thing, that that's not nearly as, the football's not nearly as important as what DeMar's going through, but at the same time, it doesn't diminish it. It's, it's at the same place. It's football is really important to these guys. What happened didn't move the football downward. It still occupies the same place in the structure, in my view. But we have to recognize, we have to behold those things above that and honor that. But at the same time, we're going to go play a game. And these guys, I, they're pros, man. I, I'm so impressed by their, their attitudes about this. I, I will be highly surprised if we don't have a great practice today. All right, there's Jerry Rosberg, Broncos interim coach, on, on the mindset of the Broncos right now after what happened to Mar Hamlin on Monday night, the reflection on that, and where they are in terms of preparing for, let's be honest, a game that doesn't really have any bearing other than Denver, those marks that I mentioned, trying to avoid uh, some of those, those records and also having 13 losses on a season as well. All right, I got a text from Aaron this morning. If Harbaugh does come to Denver, do you see him possibly bringing in Colin Kaepernick to back up Danger Russ? I don't think so, no. I, I'm not going to say no. I think it's unlikely. I, I think that ship has probably sailed. But there is a relationship there with Harbaugh and Kaepernick. And I can't say definitively that that wouldn't be under some consideration by Jim Harbaugh. I just but, don't. But I think it's highly unlikely. I don't. I don't think it'll probably happen. No. I don't think Jim Harbaugh brings in a thirty-five-year-old quarterback that hasn't played in six seasons to be a backup, which you might have to play at some point. I just. I don't think yeah. so. I, I. I like I said. I. I'm not going to say no way, no how. I think it's really, really unlikely. I, I agree. I think the, the the time away from the game now. Kaepernick's age, even though there's a relationship there with Harbaugh and Kaepernick, I, I don't think that probably happens. Uh, let's see. Larry apologized. <laughs> Sorry about my texting English class. It wasn't my best class. It's a, mm-hmm. You should see some of my texts, Larry. Trust me. They I, Looks like I, I do not speak the language or write the language. Uh, do we have a winner, by the way? We do. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Cody correctly identifying King Henry. Derek Derek Henry. Henry. All right, very good. Congratulations, Cody. We'll take a break. Hour three is next on the team.